This is Neil Erwitz at the Center for a New American Security. I'm here today with Paul Shari, who's leading our new artificial intelligence initiative. Thanks, Paul. Hey, thanks for having me. So we're here to talk about one of the coolest yet least understandable stories that we're going to see in the next few months. Um, apparently, two or an artificial intelligence program that Facebook had developed had invented its own language, at which point Facebook got scared and shut it off. What happened here? Yeah, so the tech news is um, full of stories that are a little bit hysterical about Facebook killing this AI because it invented its own language. Um, so if we set aside for a moment maybe the the anthropomorphization of killing the AI, right? Um, <laughs> well, what exactly was going on? Well, one of the things that AI researchers have seen um, again and again and again is is to develop agents bots, if you will, that talk to one another, they'll often start with them using English, but they'll tend to drift off of English for learning bots that then can sort of come up with novel ways of talking. Because English is not um, necessarily the most efficient way for them to communicate. If you've ever listened to me talk, you know that. So, so right. So, so just like, you know, for, you know, in different settings, people come up with code words and slang and shortcuts to deal with specific problems, these bots often do something similar where they come up with kind of their own shorthand ways of communicating. Um, in this case, these bots were, were negotiating and one of the things that they were doing is they were repeating phrases as a way to negotiate over how many, like to, to measure quantity um, between the two bots. And so they would repeat, say, the word the. Um, or some other phrase again and again and again in a way that would seem very strange um, to a person um, but would make sense to to the bots as a way for them to, to basically count instead of saying a number. Well, that yeah, – I guess that sounds – Scary but manageable, I guess. Why did why was uh, Facebook's reaction so quick and decisive? Yeah, so I think scary is probably an overblown idea. Like I think there's a lot of that in some of the the press headlines of like, oh, well, maybe this is a precursor to bots rising up against us. Um, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. Um, the more interesting thing is, you know, we need to be able to understand why the bots are doing these things. So the fact that bots come up with novel shortcuts and, and ways to communicate is a good thing. That's yeah, isn't interesting. that the point? Yeah, that's an interesting feature, right? Um, but we also want to understand how it works. We want to understand what they're communicating, right? So if they're using some other language, we want to be able to kind of peel back and make AI more understandable. Um, and that's a feature of these kinds of bots that are that are talking to one another and other types of AI, that it's not good enough to have the system that works. We want to understand how it works so we can understand kind of when it will be successful and when not, what settings it's appropriate to use it in. So then when do we um, – what are the kind of safeguards that we can put in, um, you know, figuring that a kind of binary system doesn't really work, that you can't just say – no, we're not going to allow this system in any way, shape, or form and then go on to something else. What are the ways you can put safeguards on, say, this program that Facebook just shut down? Yeah, so I think, um, 
you know, within the, the AI field, you hear a lot of researchers, and we talked about this in the last podcast in the discussion between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, pushing back against some of the, you know, sort of pop culture images of AI as something dangerous and, and scary um, because there is such a lot of great potential for this technology. I think it's worth thinking about as we begin to incorporate this technology into different applications in healthcare and transportation and other things. Um, how do we do so in a, in a kind of safe and reasonable way? Because some of these applications will have, you know, meaningful uses, right? If we, the, the, where if it goes wrong, it could could have harmful consequences, right? If we have an AI that's giving a medical diagnosis or driving a car, we want to make sure it does the right things. That doesn't mean that technology itself needs to be terrifying. I mean, look, electricity can hurt you, right? If you stick your finger into a socket, um, but we have electricity in our homes and in our um, smartphones and in our you know headphones. Um, when you plug in, you know, a, put it, you know, a set of earbuds, you're putting electricity into your ears in the little earbuds. Um, you know, there's ways to use it safely, right? So similarly, for AI, um, one of them is really making sure that our systems are more understandable, that we understand how they're functioning, what they're doing, if they're learning from data, how they learn. Um, then test and evaluation is really important. And then the last thing is really thinking about, as we begin to integrate things into society, how much freedom do we want to give systems? How much intelligence something has and how much autonomy we give it are not the same thing. And so how much freedom do we want to give a machine to maybe perform certain functions? Or and how invent much, its own language. Or invent its own language. And how much human oversight do we have, right? So in some settings, inventing your own language that maybe we don't understand very well might totally be okay, and in other settings that are maybe more high risk, we may not be okay with that. Well, terrific. This uh, I'm sure we'll be hearing more and more about AI programs that uh, are shut off or that are highlighted. So thanks, Paul. Thanks so much. <clears throat>